0: what the actual fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians yours truly sammy previtt owner of fine food freedom and jenna warner owner of happy strong healthy we can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body try, learn, and grow.
1: Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. This episode was beautiful. And I I don't really have another word to describe it besides that maybe honest. What would be your word?
0: I was going to say like transparent, open, open. I guess we should say who we had on maybe first. But that's fine too. That.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a teaser. Who is it going to be? Right? Who was um, this beautiful episode
2: with? <laughs> yes.
0: But no, today we had Danielle Pacente Hall on, and her Instagram account is at Danielle Pacente. You know, she's been on before. So she's people have probably listened to our episode with her. I feel like she was one of our like, first season
1: one drunk dietitian yeah dietitians. Yes.
0: She, was, she was an OG and I feel like her episode was one of like the most listened or something it was it was very prominent and so today we had an idea of what we wanted to talk about but then we like completely did not talk about any of that and we ended up Which with always the best <laughs> yes so Danielle is a certified personal trainer and she's the creator of Danielle Pacenti training guides and her account is all things finding joy and movement and her little tagline is I help you believe in damn self." Um, okay. but today took a turn into the postpartum world
1: yeah and you know trigger warning for anyone who is pregnant and doesn't want to talk about postpartum um stuff I know I was that person like I I didn't want to hear it I wanted to talk about just like the birth and like what I needed to prepare for that and then I figured I'd figure it out not saying that that's the right thing to do but that was my (laughs) mindset so just a trigger warning we do talk about you know the postpartum days the darker times um the emotions the feelings all things that are super important to talk about but if you're not in the headspace to hear it or talk about it definitely just want to put that out there to you
0: I'm glad you said that. And I think that's also like, we said this on the episode. I think I said how like us three are all postpartum different times, postpartum, but also like have such different experiences. And I think it's funny. Cause I was like the complete opposite of you. I wanted to know, like, like, and I was like interviewing you and like, we had Dylan Murphy on the podcast, you know, we had all these people, a good one. tell me about your postpartum experience. Tell me about postpartum. And I just like wanted to know everybody's, but that still isn't going to prepare you because you're going to have your own experience. Um, and then I you- was
1: literally the opposite. Like I would be like, Oh, you're going to tell your birth story. I'm going to leave.
2: Really? <laughs> like, that is so I funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that's how cam was. And we had, um, yes. foodie on, right. She yes. was talking you. I remember you guys both like aligned on that. And, and I was like, Oh, that's funny. Cause I'm like doing a research project on birth <laughs> and like postpartum <laughs> basically trying to figure it out.
1: Uh, Which has worked well for you, so that's all that matters. I I don't want to let this go though. Before we do a quick, because we didn't do this with Danielle, just a quick what W T A F moment of either the week or the month. Um, do you have one?
0: I'm trying to think.
1: Hmm. Anything happened in the social world? I like
0: refuse to talk about the social media world <laughs> anymore or trolls. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of a real life one. Um. Oh, this will make you laugh because this isn't like it isn't a real one, but it kind of is. Um, so last night my mom, my husband and I were sitting down for dinner and my husband like we got shepherd's pie from Costco. Shout out to Costco Shepherd's Pie. It's fucking delicious. You just pop it in the oven. And my husband cut like big slices, I guess, or just slices. I didn't I don't know. And my mom made some comment. I was like, whoa, that's a big slice. And he just looked over and said, my plate, my business. And I knew <laughs> my that you would, favorite love- line. <laughs> you would love that because from our husband pod. Um, Matt still
1: says it to me. <laughs> yes. You and too. she like again love my it. mom
0: my mom listens to our podcast she d- she didn't mean it in like a way but we like all laughed and joked about it and then I made love me you
1: Sue yeah. <laughs> Matt my husband still talks about when is husband pod number two gonna film I'm like one day we'll make it like dad pod Yeah, we'll I was gonna there. say dad pod I love that <laughs> I would say for me and mine is social related and you know I've really tried hard not to look at like the main offender charlatan pages recently just because they're just so full of baloney and bullshit but I was tagged in one today that I didn't respond to I chose to respond to a different one but about like this one creator who's a carnivore just wearing a shirt that says kale is bullshit and just like walking around the grocery store with kales like talking about how bad it is And like i just want to remind you guys that like they make shit up like he's not a doctor even though it says md in his profile like there's got to be a board that like we could take him down for that but like unless those are his initials i, I don't know but like we just like need to just be aware that no amount of stitches and comments on these pages and dietitians or professionals or researchers like combating this advice is going to make them stop so we just have to like collectively understand that like they make shit up <laughs> Like I think we should to, like, do an entire
0: <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up and I think we could do an entire episode like a really good episode about like credibility because even you saying like, they're not a doctor. Like one of the biggest trolls on my account is a doctor telling me that I'm like bullshit. And so it's so interesting because it's like, oh, well, you have no nutrition training and people are like, you won't talk back to this doctor. And I'm like, because he's a doctor. Like, and so I think like we could do an entire episode on like, just credibility, how people can make sure their feed is a safe place. Like there's so much on social media. I have right an
1: now. idea of a guest we can bring on for that. So Ooh, we'll, we should chat about that. Okay. I have a good idea. Excellent. All right. So Love let's it. get into this episode. And we have some work to do. Enjoy, guys. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the What the Actual Fork Pod. We have one of our favorite guests back for a second round. And we're so excited.
2: Danielle, thank you for. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me back. Like, you you guys want to talk to me again? Like, the last
1: episode, we didn't even get to talk about your hair. And I just feel like I've been on a hair journey ever since that episode, um, thinking about all of the tips from you. So this episode might have to include some of that. Which
2: I feel like the tips don't even like uh, align anymore, because postpartum hair loss has been a real thing for me. Wait, yeah. I, we didn't
0: even talk about this before we clicked go, but I just put <laughs> up a TikTok about that. And Jen, I know you commented on it because I was like, oh, I guess I'm not experiencing postpartum hair loss. And then <laughs> I just hit months. the four, four month mark and I like showered the other day and yep. screamed at how much hair came out in my hands when I I was floored. So wait, yeah. I want to know for you, because you have so much hair, like when you yeah. sort of started losing it, was it just like unbelievable amounts
2: well it's crazy because like I started losing it in first trimester and everyone's mm. like that's weird your hair's supposed to be growing and I was like what <laughs> like, <laughs> because she's a girl early <laughs> yeah yeah hey, so, yeah I, I mean first trimester <laughs> was crazy because I was like pulling it out in globs and I even talked to my OB about it because I was like I thought your hair is supposed to grow around this time um and then post And then second and third were fine. I felt like it did start regrowth and I started using all these serums and stuff because I was trying to figure it out. Um, So I think that helped. And then postpartum, yeah, it was right around like the two to three month mark. It started really falling out again. And so then I've gotten back on my little serum routine. But I will say this. I mean, you guys know how much hair I have. I feel so selfish even being like, I have hair loss. Like I can't imagine... This amount of hair coming out of a head with thinner hair or, you know, not a lot of hair and you're just like seeing all your hair fall out because I have a lot to give. And so I just, this is not one of the postpartum things that really has affected me whatsoever, but it's just something I notice, you know.
1: You're so kind. I remember like one of the third nights, I think, I think it was the third or fourth night home with Noah. I remember waking up in the morning and be like, the hair loss has started already, but it was, <laughs> I was so sweaty because I was sweating yes. so much when I sleep that I would wake up and my hair would be matted to my head. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm still sweating six months later from the hormones. Like I'm not even kidding. Wait. Cause I'm still um like pumping and breastfeeding and I feel like if they get too full my whole temp like I woke up the other night I had a temperature and that's like are you good because you feel like an oven <laughs> like every part of you is hot I was like I know I feel hot I'm dizzy I feel like I'm getting like seeing stars and he's like you go, okay let's let's get you some ice packs <laughs> I'm like, this is the postpartum stuff that nobody talks about I'm like it's six months later and I'm still having hot flashes at night it's nuts those
0: first few nights postpartum like when you come home though like it felt mm-hmm. like a tsunami hit the bed like I would lay a towel down and Luke's like don't you want to be on our sheets I'm like no no like, <laughs> no like I'm just dripping fluid out of my body my tits are leaking I'm bleeding <laughs> I'm sweating like I can't
2: yo okay. yeah it's real I actually laid a chucked out like the hospital gave us chucks those huge diaper pads and I just told Matt, I was like, I think it's probably smart of us to cover the bed in these. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but yeah, my whole body's <laughs> leaking. So here we are. Doesn't this sweat
1: smell different now? Like, sorry if that's TMI, but like, I stink now when I work out <laughs> and it's been almost two years. Like I use, I'm a sweater, but I was never like a stinky sweater. Like now I like, I smell my I've myself. heard that.
2: <laughs> I've heard that before, but I, this is a whole nother topic, but I still don't have smell from COVID a year and a three months ago, so I can't smell myself. I actually think that's more kind of odd because I've heard that you, your scent is different postpartum and I'm like, well, wouldn't know that. So I'm probably just going out like wreaking havoc, just (laughs) not being able to smell my own damn self that... It's, yeah, I don't know, but that's again a whole nother topic. It's so crazy that I still can't smell, but yeah
0: it is. that is insane. <laughs> I remember you posting something about that, but I did not know that it's still still going yeah, on.
2: I know I can taste now, which is great. So the taste came back after I had Kennedy. So it was about eleven months, yeah, eleven months after Covid, I got my taste back, which has been amazing. Um, as you guys love and know food, it was so hard <laughs> to not be able to taste
0: yes. anything.
2: Um, and so, yeah, I got that back after I had her and then the smell is still super wonky. We're working through it. Mm. <laughs> so
1: I feel like we just kind of hopped in, but so Danielle, what's changed since the last time you've been on the podcast?
2: <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, well, thanks for having me back again. But yeah, I've had a baby since the last time I've moved to another state, um, still doing similar things with the business. So finding joy and movement, which is so different these days, postpartum, like, it's, it's a trip. But um, other than that, like still doing the same things with my community. And um, the programs and doing hit and strength training and then of course trying to balance all, it all out with a newborn. <laughs> well, we
0: luckily look- got to see yeah. because there were a little audio difficulties which thankfully that means we got to see little Kenny Pop who is so yeah. cute by the way.
2: Oh my God, she's so, so darn cute. cute. Her legs so cute. don't stop moving. It's like the cutest thing ever.
1: Like, <laughs> and she's just I did like a mama.
2: <laughs> I blame myself some days, you guys, I'm like, I regret working out during pregnancy. Some I days remember. I genuinely say that because she never stops. But postpartum with coming back into movement has been, I feel, a lot easier because of the amount of work, like, of movement that I did during so that's been nice but she goes she sends it like she is constantly moving her legs her arms everything she must be moving
1: <laughs> I relate so hard Danielle I am um, first of all I did yours I don't remember which program I, I did but I did one of your programs when I was pregnant and it was the best. Oh, nice. Um, nice and Noah does not he's almost two we went to a class yesterday it was a bunch of girls I don't know if it's a girl versus boy thing when they're toddlers but like all the little girls were like sitting and happy and playing and Noah was opening every door running back and forth and they were uh-huh. like never ever
2: stop and I was like not never unless he's sleeping like, <laughs> no, exactly that's what I say I'm like when she's sleeping is when she's chill <laughs> that's it oh my gosh. I hear oh. that and she is <laughs>
0: sleeping again cuz last time i touched base with you you were in the midst of a 4 month regression oh, which are progression that i'm going to knock on wood. Sienna turns 4 months like wow we're gone. So hey, it won't Sorry. be your
1: problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know maybe that's a good thing honestly. I it sleep is it's tough for sure. I think Kennedy's always kind of been a good ish what do you what's even good I hate I hate this conversation because it could go so many ways but um she has traditionally from birth been able to kind of sleep well or sleep in any environments but uh when the four-month sleep regression progression hit with all the developmental stuff and then getting her out of the swaddle the transition out of that into the crib it was just whoa we're coming out the other end but it took probably nine weeks of us I'm not even joking like two three hours of sleep per night for nine weeks which felt like an eternity and we were trying to figure it out but also there's just so many there's so many ways you can do everybody parents differently some people sleep train other people don't Um, I have a trigger to crying and so that's been really difficult with the sleep but I think we have kind of come out the other side. So yeah, she is sleeping better and we are all sleeping better at the moment. Um, And with good nighttime sleep came some really shitty naps and daytime sleep. So we're trying to navigate that. I swear if it's not like one thing, it's another, but you're just trying to navigate it all. But I, I can't even tell you guys, and I know you both know, but being sleep deprived is so difficult. And I thought I'd be resilient with it because I've run my own business for years and it comes with a lot of late nights and just with the nature of the job and traveling, being on tour the last year, even like I'm not a stranger to not a lot of sleep, but when it's back to back to back to back days, and then you wake up, you don't get to chill. You don't get to recover. You go right back into being on is so mentally taxing. To the point where you feel like you're crazy and I just felt like we were really in that for the last nine weeks being like I don't know if I will ever be out of this you just feel like you're so deep in um and then dealing with all the hormones and stuff is just it's wild there was a dietitian that we actually interviewed on the podcast shout
1: out to Nikki Petroselli if you're still listening um she I remember she texted me in like the throes of that time for us. And she said, I just want to remind you or tell you if you've never heard this, but that like the US military is trained to, I think it was the way that they torture people is with sleep deprivation. And she was like, it is a form of torture. It Mm -hmm. will get better but just know that what you're feeling is so normal. Cause like I was reaching the point where like, I didn't have empathy left and I'm like, I'm supposed to have empathy for, for things that are going on. But like when you're so exhausted and like, you can't see straight, like, how do I care for another living being when
2: like, I can't. Yeah. That was really hard. It's kind of numbing. That's how I describe it to Matt sometimes is I'm like, sometimes I feel numb on the days that we're really in it, because I'm just staring off, like I'll be holding her, but staring off into blank space, just being like, what am I doing? Or I don't feel happy, or I don't feel, and it is always the nights or days where I'm sleep deprived, that I feel this numbness, or I feel this down bluesy depression, almost feelings um, come up with the sleep deprivation. So it's just, yeah it's harder than I thought it would be I'll say that
0: well thank you so much for sharing that with us and Jenna and I have been talking about how we want to do a lot more mom specific episodes too just because so much has changed for us as well and Mm -hmm. um, I think these are really important conversations that like there's no such thing as talking about it too much because Mm -hmm. these are the things that you don't hear a lot and before if anyone wants to have kids it's important to just no, like you said, Jenna, you're not alone if you're experiencing this and, and
2: struggling. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think postpartum conversations are so important. And I think it's harder to find them. It's harder to find them as a po- or in comparison to what is life like now with a baby, right? And we constantly hear um, and see in mainstream media, how joyous and how uh, your life changes for the better, and all those things are true. I do believe all those things are true, but I do think the less talked-about stuff is some of the darker sides of postpartum, and it, it and it not everybody experiences them the same. But I definitely have been so humbled by postpartum in all the ways. Like I just never expected it to be what it is on both ends of the spectrum, both beautiful and also hellacious at times you know yes it's
1: really crazy and doesn't it for me personally it makes me also think back to years as being a young dietitian and telling new moms to fucking prioritize themselves. oh my god like, I, I can't got, like, that was one of the first things that I thought of like when I'm like holding this baby I haven't showered in a week Like haven't made a meal, and I used to tell women like make time for yourself. Like, what the fuck was wrong with me?
2: (laughs) I'm so glad that you said that, and that yes, we can all laugh because we're all in a different place. But (laughs) I'm actually going to tell a story that's I don't even know if I've ever told this story, but it's it's really good. I used to have these same similar messages, and I know that we've talked about our past and how we did things and um, all the things, but. I remember I had a really close friend and she was a mom long before me. I mean, probably right around the time, maybe I started my business six, seven years ago. And I was very much just diet culture, toxic movement messaging. Um, And I didn't realize it at the time. Right. And so she had just had a baby. And I remember being on the phone with her and saying like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Like, girl, just make time. And I, and I say it with this annoying tone because I'm like, I can't believe she was calling me to essentially, because she was at a low point postpartum and I was her friend and she was calling me like I have called all of my mom friends at many times postpartum to be like, "Am I crazy? I'm fe- here's what I'm feeling?" And my response to her was, "You should really find time to move. It just makes me want to slap or punch myself in the face. <laughs> um, it's so terrible. but Jenna, like you're saying, I mean, I'm so glad to be on the other side of that messaging, but now more so than ever as a mom, you just realize things you would have never, understood unless you've kind of walked this path and it, it just wow it makes you so much more well-versed in what moms are going through so that you really can be a better coach a better friend a better anything to moms that are coming to you because I can't believe I still to this day flashback to that particular conversation now as a mom and I'm like girl bye what were you thinking you
0: know <laughs> Thank you for that story. And that reminds me of Jenna has always said, like, if we could go back in time and like, know how to support friends, right. That were newly mm-hmm. postpartum. Cause you think back to when you're like, let me hold your baby or like, and then you just like <laughs> yeah. breeze by the mom. Right. Yes. Um, and it's like, and, until you go through it or, or if you, you know, maybe if you had like a sister or someone like super close to you that has kids, and you grew up with that. Like, I didn't grow up with any babies close to me or like, my friends weren't having babies yet. Like it was just, I didn't know, but like, that was like, Jen and I will never forget you saying that. And that kind of reminds me of that story because there's so many people I had to like apologize to because I was yes. just, like, I wasn't there for you at all, whether it was yep. saying something like that or just not saying anything at all. Right. Not saying like, how can I support you? Can I send you food? Like it was, all. Yeah. Just like, it was always about the baby and it should be about the mom.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite things to do now with new moms or even friends that are new moms is I just, the first thing that flies out of my mouth is how are you? Like it's the simplest phrase, but at the end of the day, it comes from the depths of my soul. When I ask you, how are you postpartum? Cause I'm asking you how you are. I'm not I love the baby. I hope they're great. And I'm going to ask about the baby, but I want first to know about how you're doing. And I'll ask it in a way that's just like, let it out to me if you want. I'm here to hold space because half the time I feel like that's what I wanted is just friends or family who are going to hold space and not invalidate any feelings, but just allow me to speak freely without judgment. It's so important.
1: And I don't know about you guys, but I definitely looking back, like it wasn't diagnosed, but I definitely had you know, more than just like a little sadness, but it was like postpartum anxiety, depression. But like people used to say, oh, the baby blues are so normal. And that used to piss me off
2: because Mm -hmm. it's so
1: much more than the baby blues. And I think as female entrepreneurs, I don't know if it's different. I don't know if it was just me feeling it. So I'll share just from my own perspective. But even though I was taking off time from work a little bit, there was this constant like rattle in the back of my head of like, you know, well, this is your business. This is something that like, you don't want to let go. Like, there's always something to be doing. When I had the five minutes to sleep while the baby slept, like, but that didn't Mm -hmm. happen. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, it was that messaging plus baby blues are normal. But I was also like, uh, what's the right word? Just sad about the life that I, I no longer had, while yeah. I'm happy for the life that I now have, right. And the idea that both of these emotions could exist at the same time was really hard for me, especially in the beginning to wrap my head around.
2: And when I had the ability to go back to work, it's still been hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it just is. And it's that what you just said about kind of mourning your past life is a feeling I didn't really see coming. I thought it would be kind of a smoother transition. I don't know why I thought that, but um I just I, I just never had considered that feeling, but that was a big one for me was just missing Matt and I and missing, and I and you feel guilty for that. So then you further add to that feeling of like, let's block this emotion out because you're not allowed to feel this way. You just had a baby you should enjoy look like you should be so grateful. And yes, I am all those things, but I also was experiencing um, that shift and the huge adjustment, huge life adjustment of the fact that you're no longer uh, Matt's number one priority. You're no longer the number one priority at all because your baby is, and that's okay, but you're allowed to have feelings with that. And so I've, I'm still experiencing them. You know, I'm only six months and Sammy, I don't know if you can speak into this as well, but I I just feel like that's one of those little talked about things is kind of mourning that past life um, during moments and during times and just almost like longing for certain things from the past life, but also appreciating, obviously, where you are now.
0: Yes, I think that's such a a great point you bring up, both of you. And I think it's, there's so many different facets of life where I think that can be true, but postpartum is definitely one of those times where it's just, and it's so interesting too because us three have all had such a different experience right and like so we're all three postpartum moms we're all at different stages I'm at four months Danielle you're at Mm -hmm. six months and Jenny you're almost at two years and um as you guys know like we really struggled to get pregnant so yeah we went through like such a transformational shift and a lot of grieving like before we got pregnant if that makes sense like so not that it's been rainbows and butterflies I want to make that very clear is not what i'm saying but like i just feel like we have a a different experience because of what we were, went through to get to this point
2: absolutely um,
0: so it's just i think fertility journeys all the way from like when you want to get pregnant to like until the baby comes out and then the post and then also postpartum continuing it's just so different for everyone. And Jenna, you were, I feel like Jenna's like my North star and you too, Danielle. I had many, many DMs with Danielle when I was figuring out pumping. I'm like, what do I do? What do you do? (laughs) And she led me through. Um, But just that like the journey doesn't stop when the baby pops out because Mm -hmm. I think that is a narrative that is so talked about that it's like, that's just the beginning. And there's so much uh, yeah. change.
2: Yeah, I think totally. we'll,
1: we'll forever be postpartum at this point, right? Like yeah. that's the conversation that I think is also misunderstood. It's like your postpartum visit yeah. at six weeks is meaningless. Like we don't even need to talk about that. I know we all agree, but yeah. you know, I'm again, no 20 months old. Like I still consider myself postpartum because nothing from my previous, my life before Noah is the same now in all great ways and also different ways. Like, I'm not going to say everything's better, everything's different. And it's just, it. it's taken me. And I've always said this, like anybody who knows me knows that I've said this, like I'm a very selfish person by nature. And so is my husband. So for the two of us to, you know, become less selfish and reprioritize yeah. and reshift, you know, our lives to place the priority on the most important thing wasn't just like this snap of a finger and it was done. Um, You know, me classically, like I like to wake up early and like do a ton of shit in the morning. And for a whole year and a half, almost when Noah didn't really have a sleep schedule, like I couldn't do that. And I was like a shell, a shell of a person waking up and then like trying to get things done during his first nap. It just like didn't happen. And it's hard it's different. Yeah. It's all the yeah. things. <laughs>
0: There's so many things, but I have something. I know Jenna, you have stuff you want to get to, but I want to bring up real quick. Cause I feel like only because I know personally, cause Danielle helped me so much. You've been so candid on social media with like the recovery process of postpartum after, um, you had a vaginal delivery correct, yeah. from what I yeah. remember. And so you were so helpful. Like, I think I went on your Amazon and just like ordered literally <laughs> everything that you told me to get um but I feel like there's a lot of parallels of diet culture social media and like postpartum social media and you had kind of touched on that briefly but how like just the rainbows and the butterflies and like here's how you're supposed to enjoy life is always what's highlighted on social because no Mm -hmm. one's gonna put up a video of their baby fucking losing it right
2: right and I think
0: And I think that that's something it sounds so silly, but Luke and I like didn't know how much babies cried. Like, Oh, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Like, yes, didn't know. And so I feel like that's like that same thing of like, with diet culture, people are just putting up like, the before and afters, right? Like these beautiful photos of them, but then they're not showing themselves like counting calories, killing themselves doing all these. things, Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you did such a great job of that postpartum like recovery of like your body and like healing um did you know you were gonna be like that postpartum or did you just kind of like allow that space and see if you wanted to share like did you have a plan of sharing that kind of stuff? no
2: (laughs) i think actually you and i went live right before i had the baby on instagram and you were like so what's your plan work-wise i was like i'm gonna take off work till the fall like i literally wasn't going to post anything. I was like, I'm just going to hang out with my baby and like not do Instagram. <laughs> and then that I switched. Like, <laughs> it's so funny saying it now. But then I was like, I feel really alone. Like I felt I, once the baby came out and I was like, Oh, this isn't what everyone's made it out to be like, this isn't so, um, the baby bliss, which There were moments of that, of course, but like my vagina was ripped open. I could not sit down. I was supposed to breastfeed. What the fuck am I going to do? Breastfeed on all fours? Like I have two second degree tears on my badge. Like I can't, I cannot operate right now. And so I think I actually took to social media to feel like I wasn't alone. It sounds weird, but I was like, I just want to see if what I'm feeling is normal because I've never done this before. And so I decided, I think it was two days postpartum, we had that pediatrician checkup. And I cried the entire way over there because my vagina hurt so bad that I couldn't sit in the car. Like I could not sit in a seat in the car. And so I just cried all the way over there. And I got onto social afterwards and I explained that I explained that I had two second degree tears and it's incredibly uncomfortable and my boobs are ripped off my body and my nipples are chapped and a slash bleeding, you know, it. So I just shared it. I then decided to continue sharing after all the messages um, of saying thank you for just normalizing this hard stuff because I don't ever see it or I don't see it often or this is not really talked about especially the tearing like obviously that's a little TMI but I was trying to just share with vaginal delivery like tearing's what happened. totally normal yeah like this is what this is what I used I mean the numbing the numbing spray that I the best was honestly (laughs) got me through the frozen padsicles from freedom mom I was just like living in this shit um but those were things that helped me and in turn I do feel like what I shared postpartum helped even what even if it helped one person or one person got the freedom mom pack and the dermaplast spray and (laughs) knew what was coming then I had done an okay job with that and I wanted to I wanted other moms to have that so it felt natural to continue doing it I didn't I never pre decided this I just kept sharing as things came with that came a lot of unsolicited advice with that came a lot of trolls with that came a lot of mom know-it-alls when I was never asking for it so I've had to make some serious boundaries in that department and it's pretty easy with a child now i'm just like i don't have time for this shit. i have my beautiful daughter in front of my face like please do not dm me that you know yes. so just boundaries but yeah to answer your question i never planned on sharing as much as i have postpartum but i do feel like it's helped normalize some of the tougher conversations that i would love to see more of and in turn i found a lot of helpful accounts as well that are talking about this every single day that have made this their life's work to continue talking about postpartum, postpartum anxiety, depression, etc.
1: I literally wrote down. I love to make sure I note, like, said to you. I love the way that you wrote that you write on your stories. Like, I'm not asking for advice. I'm just sharing yeah. because I think it's so important. Because people say it's the dumbest things, and I just mm-hmm. want to like add on to that as you know being past that stage and in a new stage what I have found so helpful now is like my son has gone through the hitting stage the biting stage the tantrums like I know they continue but like not all kids quote unquote according to like the perfect influencer world not all kids hit and bite right or they don't shove or push or whatever it is my kid has done all of them and like yeah. when I would see these accounts where it was like you know perfect parenting and gentle parenting this and that things I believe in but that weren't addressing that like these child behaviors are normal. It's really hard. Right. And so I like just to add on to that for moms listening or parents listening, um, that are kids are a little bit older. Like those are the accounts that I now seek out too, or the ones that can teach me things. And the ones that are normalizing those behaviors and not saying like, this is a reflection on you. Like, no, Yes. just part of their growing up and toddlerhood and whatever else. So when you guys are ready for toddler stuff accounts to follow, I got you, but it, yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs>
2: like... It's just like, but, and to touch on that too, every every kid is different, every baby is different. And so when people, you know, give advice, I know they're coming from a good place, but at the same time, like if I were to give my friend advice, I saw a meme about this, I'd be like, hey, here's what worked, but honestly, may not work for you you may have a totally different baby you definitely said that to me you're like okay here's what I did but yeah. disclaimer
0: <laughs> this might not work for you
2: yeah and I always say that and that some of my best friends that give me advice too they say that too they're like hey I'm gonna tell you everything you want to know to ease any worries or give you some sense of comfortability but at the end of the day Kennedy's gonna do what Kennedy's gonna do so take this with a grain of salt. And a lot of that (laughs) advice has really helped. I mean, it's everybody, everybody's different. Everybody sleeps different. Everybody has different temperaments. Like Kennedy is super sensitive to stimulus, right? Mm. And all anyone wants to do when they come over is stimulate the shit out of her. (laughs) And I have to kind of take the reins and be the mom and say, hey, like, I know my daughter well. She doesn't like loud sounds. She doesn't like clicking or big hand gestures or loud sounds when she eats like I have to explain this to people because I know that that's a thing for her and she cannot advocate for herself so it's yeah it's like learning how to parent and learning too that every baby is different and you just can't generalize these things
0: Mm. I love this conversation and I love how the root of all of the things we've been talking about too is just like normalizing everything Like Mm -hmm. hoping that whoever, like you said before, Danielle, when you were sharing those things on your Instagram story, like if just one person could hear the conversation, that it would do its job. And the same thing goes right now. Like if just one new mom or like about to be a new mom, hears this episode and can hear some of the things that we're saying, or like you said, Jenna, someone that's going into toddlerhood, like just normalizing, like it's okay. You're doing Mm -hmm. a great job. Like other people experience
1: this stuff too. Yep. Yep. I think, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this too, but one of my friends told me, um, when I was in the thick of it, maybe five months, six months, I think Noah's regression was around five months progression. Sorry. Uh, I love how you say that, but that one was really tough for me. And I remember like crying on a voice memo to a friend and she said, Jenna, you need to tap out. For a couple minutes, yeah. if he's safe, leave him in the crib. If nobody's there to help you, leave him in the crib for a couple minutes, where you know he's safe, he's alone, you know he can't hurt himself, and take a couple breaths, like away from him. And I think that there's a lot of messaging and conversation about like you know, not doing that, um, or not talking about that, so that moms mm-hmm. don't know that that's okay. And I I do think that like, it's important to just say out loud that like, you can reach a breaking point and like, it's okay to tap your partner in or just tap yourself out for like even a minute and just reset yourself so that you can continue to be the best parent for your baby. I read something somewhere that was like, no other job in the entire world requires and asks the patience that is required to be a mother.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, constant. it's true. <laughs> it's con- It's constant self-regulation. That's what I say. Like, you, you, you're you, going to feel like you've reached your breaking point so many times. And I've had to learn to, instead of guilting myself by saying, you should be fine. Suck it up. Like, do your job. I've had to just say, walk outside, put on headphones, lock yourself in the car. Like, I can't tell you. And You know, this is, I know this is rooted in privilege that I have a husband who is hands-on. I understand that privilege every single day. But some days I truly am like, Matt, I need 10 minutes. And I walk to the car and I just put on music or I put my headphones in when she's having a crying episode. And I know that that's a trigger for me and I'm getting anxiety and I'm heating up and I'm getting red from rage. I know that I have to tap out because me being there, in that situation and keeping myself there is unhealthy for all parties involved. And again, I know this is being said from a place of privilege because I, I have Matt, he is helping to raise this baby and this child. Um, and so I can't imagine it any other way where you are truly having to show up 24 seven and you don't get that break. So, but taking those even tiny ones, Jenna, that's such a good point is just kind of normalizing that if you can do it because sometimes it really is hard it boils over and and you feel like you're going to break and those are the moments where I'm like I I got to just I got to take a moment I got to take a beat even if it's 2 minutes mm. so
0: good I feel like this conversation has gone a completely different direction than we thought it I did know. but I love it because I think it's so needed um and you know, obviously you're wearing your super cute merch right now. We're staring at your DP Fit crew, uh, crew neck there, a little tie dye looks like a little retro font.
2: Love it. Um, I know so- we were supposed to talk about fitness and we talked about postpartum the whole time, <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> but how has kind of a, a question to, to lead us to the end of the episode, how has, you know, your business shifted since, you know, Kennedy has come into the picture. How do you service clients differently? What is it what has been the biggest change for you as an entrepreneur?
2: I think just the amount of hours that I spend doing what I do. Um when I had more time, I was a lot more hands-on in the DMs with customers, constantly feeling like I could do it all myself, and postpartum has definitely taught me that you cannot do it all yourself. You need help, you need some team members maybe, you need to get out of the DMs, like there are better uses of your time at this moment. Um, And honestly, I just can't, I don't, I don't have time. So the only thing that's shifted is I've become just a little more, not even a lot, like my crew would probably be like, no, she hasn't. But I feel I've become a little more hands-off and especially on the weekends, I used to work straight through the weekends. I probably could still to this day and I still do a little bit of work on the weekends, but now I just kind of log off of Instagram, share only what I want if I want and enjoy that time with my daughter. And yeah, when you have, when you have this little one right in front of you, just beaming with joy and excitement. And I've caught myself in moments where I am not beaming with joy and excitement. I'm in my work. I'm like, this is dumb. Like what's going to get done right now at this moment when she clearly like needs me or wants to play or like is having a good time or I'm missing a moment. Like I'm missing her laughing with Matt. I'm like, stop it, put down your phone. It's just, it's things like that where it postpartum almost helps to put everything into perspective. Like you have this beautiful being in front of you that is just a light and you're experiencing the world through her eyes. Don't you want to be there for that? I think that's- right there is the biggest shift that this can wait. So I've been a little more balanced in my work. That being said, I love working. I am an entrepreneur. I love what I do for a living. So I'll never stop doing that. And I have enjoyed getting back to it postpartum. It just looks different. I love, love
1: everything that you just said, but specifically about kind of shifting this conversation to the joys of postpartum, because yes, the conversation about, The dark places is it's important but it does come with some like beautiful lessons not Mm -hmm. necessarily like the baby bliss right but like the lessons of slowing down as three entrepreneurs on this screen like between the three of us prior to kids we probably worked 300 hours a week right like Mm -hmm. it's just there's always something to do and that mindset plus like the hustle and bustle world that we live in competition and tiktok exploded and new uh, Instagram exploded during our pregnancies. Right. Like this COVID time. I mean, I delivered in like the height of COVID, like this was all just like coming to a head at that time too. And it's like this FOMO that can become so unhealthy, but like becoming a parent has like truly taught me the benefits of putting the phone down, slowing down, like appreciating the little things. Like a child gets the most excited over like a leaf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) right and like if we could have a minuscule little piece of that happiness like throughout our days like it's just all worth it and those are things that I needed those reminders as well
2: yeah and experiencing it all for the first time I don't know if we'll have another you know it's and so I just treat it as though this is the first and also the last time you're experiencing these things and you want to just be present for that it's such a special time true so
0: beautifully said so for those who are listening who are like okay they're probably postpartum because obviously we have to put some (laughs) type of postpartum tagline on this title for sure um any any moms out there or anybody who's pregnant um, that wants to look into movement? Can you just share a little bit before we go where they can find you? And what are some of the things that you do offer that could help them with that as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I stayed training during my pregnancy. And I know that's what I do. I even though we did not talk about that much. That's what I do is, you know, movement, exercise, strength, training and hip. But I did that during my pregnancy and then postpartum has also looked really differently. And I know we could probably touch on that on a whole episode of just like movement and the pressures to move postpartum and all the, and the clearance or lack thereof and all the things, but um, yeah, you, you guys can find me on Instagram. I've shared all of my movement both during pregnancy, postpartum, um, and just in, in a fairly real, fashion um and what I've I'm experiencing in real time. So you can find me on Instagram at Danielle Pacenti. I'm sure you guys will put that somewhere in the show notes. But um yeah, I don't it's it's hard to not want to dive into a lot of different topics right now on this very thing. But I hope that if you're listening and you're postpartum that you don't ever feel the pressure to move your body and move it too quickly and not get clearance and not see a physical therapist for your pelvic floor if you're experiencing any pelvic floor dysfunction, if you are recovering from a C-section, um, don't let societal's bullshit standards tell you that you need to be doing this on a timeline. Honestly, it's it's a process and a journey. And I'm an outlier because I'm incredibly motivated and I fucking love to move, but I understand that, that is not everyone. And so my approach on my account, no matter if you see me moving or not, is that you should be taking your time and you should do what's serving you, especially mentally postpartum. And if movement isn't it, then movement isn't it, period. I couldn't unmute fast enough.
1: <laughs> I think that such a great point and I'm sorry that we didn't talk about that more because it is also maybe we'll have another episode (laughs) I feel like we (laughs) always do this we go (laughs) off on tangents (laughs) that we were talking about but I did I mean that just quickly that really speaks to me because I I felt a lot of those pressures postpartum specifically because I've always loved to move and movement felt different to me immediately postpartum um Mm -hmm. and I felt my brain going into those places of like, why am I doing this? And it took me Oh, sorry, it took me a while to get to the place where it was like, No, this is for my mental health. This is for yeah. my sanity. This is not for my body from a physical perspective. It's for my health. And I think it's difficult to get to that place when all you see when you search postpartum on the apps are, you know, postpartum weight loss and get your body back and all that bullshit messaging. So thank you for normalizing yeah. that you've always done such a great job of that on your page.
2: Yeah, yeah, I just think there's there's so many better things to talk about postpartum than what we're going to look like. It's just it's so stupid to me. And and I also think too with the stressors, I know we have to end this, but with the stressors that come and all that your body's going through and the anxiety and everything, it's just like the last thing that I want people to ever think about would be to use movement as a way to like get back into it's just kind of like mental why mentality wise it's been a form of medicine for me it's been an outlet for me um but that being said with anxiety it's like you you never know what someone's going through and the first thing people want to do is say you look so great you look great you look great you look great i'm like if i could take that phrase and fucking chuck it because i just want you to ask me how i'm doing like i don't want you to tell me what my body looks like i don't fucking care I just want you to ask me how I'm doing because mm. um, a lot of times people you know they're going through anxiety maybe they're not eating they again it goes back to commenting on people's bodies in general but people love to do it postpartum to women and so my messaging is just like hey ask people how they are let's let's stop telling them how they look postpartum they don't nobody cares like just ask people how they're doing mentally that is what I want to know <laughs> That is the name of this episode now.
0: (laughs) And even though we may have not talked about, you know, the fitness programming and whatnot that you do, I think anybody who is postpartum that's listening to this, like they're hearing exactly what they need to hear from you. And, And I think it's most important to anybody who's going to start to move their body again postpartum is that they are getting obviously help from a professional but someone who's saying the things that you're saying because there are so many trainers out there that it is get your body back bounce back after baby etc so everything that you normalized on this episode I hope people can hear and and they're going to want to come to your page to learn more about what you actually do (laughs) Um, because because all of the things that you said today have to be in place to help people with movement
2: yeah yeah and you're you'll get it all on my page that's the thing I'm gonna share you know the numbing spray for postpartum I'm gonna share the hard times the good times the movement etc so come over for the shit show that's what I say (laughs) Danielle thank you so much thank you guys thanks for having me on again
1: Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more
2: fun. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from.